0: KSOO Weather Forecast is a service of the WaveAutoWash.com. Log in and get $75 worth of car washes for $50. Bucks. Spend $100, get $150. The Wave Auto Wash, across from Lowe's. From the KDLT Weather Center, meteorologist Blaze Keller. We're on the way to a low of 28 tonight. And those wind chills are going to be dipping down into the teens tonight. We'll have that wind still advisory Still officially in effect until 1 a.m., but may have some strong winds lasting through the morning hours. Friday afternoon, chance of maybe light rain, light snow during the latter portions of the day with a high of 37. Then Friday night, the wind finally dies down, chilling off to 20 overnight Friday night. Then sunny and 45 Saturday. Sunday looks like 52. Temperature now in Sioux Falls is 42 at information 1000 KSOO. Live local radio is done best when you have someone who knows what they're talking about. Patrick Lally is on Information 1000 KSOO. 431 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO, and we are continuing our conversation with Mr. Paul Tenhaken. He is the founder and CEO, former CEO of ClickRain, a I call it a digital marketing firm. Is that right? Is that what you firm? know? We
1: pivoted to call ourselves a marketing technology firm about a year ago because we do a lot more than just digital marketing. It's marketing platforms and CRM and all that nerdy stuff. But
0: and you did what you started in 2008. Is that right? Started in
1: 2008. January what, just, 2008. Just you. Just me, man. Yeah. Building,
0: building websites. Wasn't it? what were you doing? Yeah,
1: my first my first piece of business. I create a MySpace page for a political candidate. So That was my first check I got. What's to funny. do that? If so, Facebook wasn't a thing yet, and uh, yeah. And actually, talking about how I got into this race, I mean, I worked with politicians in political campaigns for all ten years at ClickRain, so I've always been, you know, the digital guy in political campaigns. So he's got to see kind of the underbelly of how the yeah. campaigns ran from the digital angle. So
0: sponsored important. Facebook posts, all
1: that, all <laughs> that stuff, Russia hacking, you know, all the the whole yeah. nine yards. So
0: it's your fault. It's my um, fault. The, so, you did work in politics for a while and it's something I wanted to ask you about just because how did you ever end up when you went into this business? Did you think that that was a market or did it come to you?
1: Um, it really, it really came to us. You know, like I said, this, this, the the very first check we got at click 10 years ago was to, to just create this MySpace page as silly as this sounds now to even say this out loud. That was a, that was a paying gig then. And, uh, that word of mouth spread, and we started to do some web work for some campaigns, and then we were doing work in Mississippi for a, a lieutenant governor campaign, and in Kentucky for the secretary of state's race, and in Montana for a U.S. Senate race. And it just, it's a small community in the digital web world, at least in the uh, late, you know, 2010, 2011 years. And so it just kind of, it just kind of happened. Uh, and then we started to throttle back our work in politics as a company. Um, because, you know, surprise, surprise, it can be divisive in an office. Right. And so to have, you know, a a large staff and say, hey, I need you to work on this project or that project, they may not agree with the position of this ballot initiative or of this candidate. Right. And so I didn't want to put my team in any awkward spots. uh, And so we really started to pull back the reins on doing political work.
0: Were you, most of the time when PR firms or analysts or uh, whomever they are in politics, they tend to work. For one party or the other, or one philosophy or another, where did you find that happen to you? or Did you take all comers? You know,
1: um on the local level, municipal level, we took all comers. You know, so even though these these municipal races are nonpartisan, you know, people always want to ask me like, well, you know, are you but are you an R or a D? And I said, well, this is. I'm I'm am I'm an SF is what I am in this race and that's that's really true because in some issues uh, I'm very very conservative on and some mm-hmm. issues um, so like some social issues related to homelessness and poverty uh, I have a bleeding heart and so you know historically we've uh, we've worked across the board for um, for candidates. Um, just depending on the election, and depending on the the connection maybe with the state and the the uh, awareness we get for it, and and kind of the publicity we get for working with those candidates.
0: And and I'll, but I'll, I mean, it's fair to say that outside municipal politics, which you, as you rightly say is nonpartisan, you've done work for mostly Republicans. Mostly you're, Republicans. You're a, yep. You were a Republican, or yep. are a Republican. I am. Yeah, it's not a crime. It's not a crime. <laughs> No, it's, not, it's a crime not to say so. It's not a crime. Uh, just because this is a nonpartisan race doesn't mean that people involved in the race aren't part of a political party. And sometimes right. there's confusion on that.
1: Right. I, I've had people, um, you know, go to my website and say, "Hey, you're really hiding your political affiliation," and I have to say, "Well." That's because there are no political affiliations in a municipal race like this. Yeah, um, but there's a lot of people who want to just straight know: Are you an R or D? And I'll vote for you based on that. And that's that's unfortunate because I I challenge them to: Can we talk first and have a conversation on where I kind of sit on some of these issues related to the city, rather than just you know judging me for a letter.
0: Yeah, so absolutely. Uh, we're talking with Paul Tenhaken. He is a candidate for Sioux Falls mayor. Um, let's talk about the big issue that's been in the Uh, news lately and that's essentially transparency in government Um, first of all on the event center settlement uh, did you agree with making it with closing it
1: you know it's hard because i wasn't in all the discussion so it's easy to armchair quarterback how that whole thing played out you know uh, confidential or secret whatever you want to call it settlements are very common in Mm -hmm. the legal world Uh, so it's very common to have these I think the way that we communicated it as a city maybe um, added to the, oh, the secret- secretiveness of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we could have been much more open about why it was confidential and why we hid this extra report and why that never came out. And do I think there was malicious intent anywhere along the way? No. Do I think we just maybe bumbled some communication and roll out of how this whole thing was handled? Yeah, that's probably what happened. And some imprecise language imprecise language is a great way to put it
0: if they would have just walked down the street and filed the lawsuit and then settled it five minutes after they filed it, nobody would have ever known either
1: right, right and there's times when um as politicians or as people in general, there's a time to just say, "You know what? we screwed up here, and if we could if we could reverse the the clock, we would have done this different. Mm-hmm. We don't have that luxury, so we apologize. We we should have done this differently. Let's get this fixed. Let's move on because we got bigger fish to fry like flat sales tax and other things that we need to worry about and not keep yeah. rehashing the same issue about uh, a secret settlement.
0: The other part of that that's sort of the other side of that coin is the RFP process, which has been sort of talked about recently mm-hmm. um, that and there's very good reasons to have a lot of that done outside of public purview but are there uh improvements to that process that you see are possible you know i don't i don't know if there are a lot of
1: improvements because i very much agree with the way the rfp process is is handled i agree with uh having committee members that aren't made public to prevent outside interests and, and you know outside parties getting involved and um, and, and speaking specifically to the, the recent one with the golf course management contract, I think the city made a great decision. I think they made the right decision. Um, but unfortunately when the decision is made and it's made by people that we didn't know who were making, who was making the decision, off of the fact, there's mm-hmm. always going to be people that will question, well, why was it secret? Why didn't we know? Why didn't we know who was making the decision? We want to see all the contracts to see the decisions that were made. That's why we have these, Appointed committees to work on this stuff. And we mm-hmm. have to trust the elected officials that we have running that process.
0: Do you think the uh, city council should be on there? I've said, it's no secret, i said on this program, I don't think that, I think the process is fine. I just don't think that counselors should be on the committee. Or at the very least, they have to come back and report something in an executive, some way to open that up because that seems like of anybody that could be influenced by outside pressure on an RFP, it would be somebody who's elected to office. Sure. Which is not that anybody has done anything bad, but if you for instance, when Solberg it came out that he was on the committee for the government he got inundated with emails. Mm -hmm. Well, if you are elected, you're more likely to have that pressure. And there it's so from my mind there's small changes that could be made, Mm -hmm. but the big part of it is got to be behind closed doors or just like you say Mm -hmm. it's a free-for-all
1: it protects i think it protects the integrity of the process by keeping those those members um quiet under lock and key so that we can ensure the best decision is made
0: yeah um so uh also part of rfps are the the TIFs that often go along with the bigger projects Mm -hmm. are we using tiff properly in this community
1: uh I look at the last TIF that we, we just approved for the Cascade project on, uh, I think it's 4th and Phillips there with, yeah. with Lloyd's development. That, to me, is is a textbook TIF. It's a blighted area. Um, it's going to take some su- substantial cleanup work. Um, there's been some crap sitting on that land for many, many years. And um, there's a reason development hasn't moved ahead there um, because I think this TIF was an important part of it. Do I think we could be using TIFs even more aggressively? Um, I think in certain cases we could, you know, we have other communities we're competing with, the Sioux cities and Des Moines and Omaha's that they're getting aggressive. They're using aggressive incentives to lure businesses. And um, I think we need to look at that and make sure we're doing all we can to be competitive. Um, Because it's been a little while since we've had a, a large economic development wins. Since we've had a large manufacturer bring $24 an hour jobs here, since we've had a large company bring 300 jobs to this city, other than some of the homegrown success stories like, you know, the DocuTaps and, and our healthcare growth and things like that. So I think we need to use TIF whenever it makes sense to, uh, to lure prospective developers, prospective companies to our city.
0: We're talking with Paul Tenhagen. He is candidate for Sioux Falls Mayor, and we're going to come back right after the commercial and hit a few more topics. Rapid fire. We're going to go to the lightning round. I like it. Yeah, all right. This is the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO. Hi, everyone. Chad here from the Main Street Cafe. Hope you can join Beth and myself tomorrow. It's